We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 3M Open Picks, Bets, Preview, One and Done, plus an Open Championship Recap for Colin Morikawa's win. But before we get into that, I got some announcements to make. One, smash the like button for the episode. Give me your biggest bust at the 3M Open in the comment section in terms of the betting odds from DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't be scared now. Two, subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Also, the DraftKings Pick Show for the 3M Open is going to be Wednesday this week, not Tuesday. I have a football show dropping on Tuesday, so it just moves a day. Filming didn't quite line up for me, but we'll have it out early on Wednesday morning or even potentially Tuesday evening. Uh, So just check back at Mayo Media Network, which you should be subscribing to right now. I got a progressive jackpot to give away for you fine viewers out there. You've already supported so many shows on Mayo Media Network, but I'm coming back to the well again. I got cash to give away for you. A brand new show has launched on Mayo Media Network and the podcast channel. Fantasy football picks and bets to get you ready for NFL season. And if you leave a five-star review after subscribing on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave something about the show that you like, make it up, do whatever. Twitter handle, email address so I can contact you. Right now, the jackpot is at 500 If we get up to 50 reviews, that's going to increase to $1,000. We get another 50, we'll get up to $1,500. So as many reviews as you can pump in to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Apple Podcast, we will have a giant cash giveaway. So please go do that now. It will severely help out the show. Episode one is already up. It's Davis Maddock and myself talking about just a whole bunch of stuff. Jeff Feinberg will be on the next show, as will Pete Overzet. Uh, and then we're going to start running through. I'm not going to be hosting every show. It's going to be progressive, but I'm just hosting these first few to get the show on the tracks as we're ready to go. And it's going to ramp up by the time that football season is around. So please go check that out. Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. I put a hot link in the description of both the video and pod. So you can go do that in like under 30 seconds. Go win yourself some bucks. All right? 
Thank you very much for supporting Mayo Media Network. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get 20% off all the golf tools and stats you want. If you want the football equivalent of Fantasy National, RunTheSims.com is operational. It's free to use right now. So go to RunTheSims.com, register for an account, and it's completely free. Go test drive out. But if you want to get it on the founding membership, go to fantasy or go to runthesims.com slash mayo and lock yourself in for life like the NWO right now. I'd say give it a test drive, go do that, and boom, you'll be at the same price forever. Prices just overall are going up starting August 1st. I uh, know this site will no longer be completely free to use, obviously, so you can go lock yourself into that right now. And I think that is everything. Listener's League link is open as well in the description. Just hit the description. There's so much stuff out there. But we really need you to rate and review that podcast. That would help out tremendously. Jeff Feinberg is on the line. Heard you took a beating at the open, pal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up and down. Up and down. Nothing right. Not Nothing. And not just, like, wrong, like, polarizing wrong, Pat. The outright card got obliterated early. And um, I even... There's a documented video uh, on my picks props i picked even more kawa to miss the cut like just in a polarizing uh bad sense so it was a bad 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 uh week week for me it happens listen when you bet on golf and you make a you you pick a lane that you want to go down to sometimes you're going to get wiped out i almost got wiped out but the hero canadian hero we all needed jeff Mac Hughes gets his top eight finish for the full each way and pays 70 to one and cash the top Canadian as well. So I missed out on Spieth by a place. He comes in second instead of comes in first place. Uh, Aaron Rye didn't come through on the 33 to one to be low Brit because he finished one stroke back of Paul Casey. Just, I was taking a few on the chin, but they were just clips. They didn't quite knock me out. Then Mac Hughes pulled the ultimate magic beans, 20 footer on the 72nd hole to give him the entire share and really bailed me out. Um, I can't believe we didn't bet Morikawa. That's just straight up. And I, I did the same thing you did. Like, I faded him on DraftKings, had none of them. I just got so scared off by the comments that he had about Lynx Golf after the Scottish Open. And I know a lot of viewers out there hit on Morikawa because they played under the sensible idea that anytime that he's 30 to 1 or above, you just automatically bet him because he wins at such a high rate. We're stupid. You people are smart. So congratulations to anyone out there that hit Morikawa because it was a fucking impressive performance. It was majestic in many ways. Uh, did everything line up for him? Sure. Did he get weather I wasn't anticipating? Absolutely. Did I... You know, Pat, you sort of did something you never really do despite almost getting the winner. And you're like, nah, I want to like, yeah, I'm looking at numbers and things and the obvious, but no, there's like a strokes gained crusty European strokes gained magic bean um, factor that has to come into, into it. I'll say this. I feel that much dumber about missing Spieth despite not winning instead of not hitting on Morikawa. Like every lane for about a month and a half like pointed to Spieth. From long range trends to your eyeballs to strokes gain magic beanery, like everything. And I was too stubborn to not go there. So that really ate at me. And hopefully I learned a lesson that I did not pay for. Colin Morikawa. I can't be mad because I did not even consider it. 
And you could say that makes you a goddamn idiot, Feinberg. But I picked a lane. I picked a lane. Debutants. I don't know. I got scared about that part. We had a debutant that said he didn't like his irons and didn't like how he made contact with the ball with his irons on a Lynx course. Going into this event, did it play like four days on a sunny American weekend? Sure. But there was enough of the variables that I just wasn't even looking at him for the outright win. In fact, as I said, I bet him to miss the cut seeing a boom or bust scenario. Clearly, he spiked and he boomed. Now, did I bet him to miss the cut? Yes. Once he got into contention, made the weekend look great, I obviously thought he could win. It's one of those things like, well, once he's there, he's more live or as live as anybody. I thought he would struggle to get there this week because of open championship variables. But I saw a, 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 a plethora of American golfers who I thought might struggle this week uh, make the cut, have fine weekends, even just making the cut. Burns, Lanto, Homa. Bryson. So I don't know. It didn't, it didn't stop any of them. But I was never there on Morikawa, and I credit. I want to give so much credit to the people that bet him. I mean, they hit a great number in a major championship. Now, part of a large set of the people who bet him just bet it blindly. I am betting on the ceiling and I am ignoring the variables, the open championship variables. What a move. What a move. But but even as late as Wednesday, like from a the people that I like to see who they're picking that I trust. I mean, I saw a lot of winners, Pat. Uh, but outside of very few select people that like I see who put picks out there, um, you know, I know our boy, uh, a bunch of people had him. Matt Jones over at FTN propped him up on, on all his stuff. Uh, but a lot of people who do what we did, like just sort of had this approach of like, no, no touch. But it was like, I'm going to the window. I'm taking this quarterback. He's getting way too many points. What's the matter with you guys? And the touts are like, that's a California quarterback. He's never played in cold weather. And I don't know, the game ended up being perfect and he could have won anyway, probably, because he's capable of everything. And these guys are so good. They are so good and so ready to win. And maybe I take that back. Not all of these guys are built differently. He's certainly built freaking differently. There Holy were, but Jesus. There were two hilarious narratives that kind of got played out throughout the course of the week that I was just, I, I thought it was funny reacting to. I, I kind of stayed out of it on Twitter that apparently this is when people realized that Morikawa was by far the best iron player in the world, which was pretty evident over the past 18 months, but they just came to this realization this weekend was kind of strange. And just people's conception of putting and how putting works that... We've talked about it for the longest time. It's one of the key things. I don't mean like me and you, me and you, yes, but like everyone in like the daily fantasy and betting community is like, hey, these spike putting week guys are huge. It's like sort of the JB Holmes effect in a weird way where JB Holmes goes from being the worst putter for eight consecutive weeks to the best putter in the field. He's either horrendously bad or he's really, really good. Morikawa is just in that conversation. I recall tweeting out at the players because I thought he was going to make a big run there because he had gained strokes putting in the first, uh, in the first round was just like basically anytime he gains over three strokes putting he wins an event that's how good his ball striking is and how good his irons are and 
I, I can't recall him ever putting this well, ever. I don't think he'll ever putt ever. this well ever. again. He made every putt inside of 15 feet. Like, Amazing. E- every time that I, like, cause I'm sitting there with the speed ticket, I'm like, yeah. Jordan's not dead. Like, he's real. like, even when they made the turns, like, yeah. oh, Morikawa's up three, it's over. It's like, it's not, it's definitely not over by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and it almost got to a point. There was a, there was a, like, 10-footer on each side. Morikawa was putting for par, and Spieth was putting for birdie. Jordan misses his, Morikawa makes his. You just flip that situation. It's one shot with five to go. And Jordan just... I, I have a list of things upstairs that I was writing yesterday through the eyes of a guy who had money on Jordan without actually money on Jordan. Like, I'll put this out there. I was not, I love you, Pat. I rooted for you. Even like when I had money on Siwoo and you could win a monster on DraftKings, like Kadira won, I was happy. I, I, I didn't flinch for more than a second, half second. I was not rooting for, for the Spieth bonanza, everybody getting Christmas in goddamn July yesterday. I wasn't rooting for it. So I'll put that out of the way, but, but from pretty much like the ninth hole on, I could think of instances. There was like at least six instances where, um, forgetting like the par putts, like just the margins, he was on the right side of almost everything watching those, those tee shots that, you know, like the intricacies of how just the maniacal way that ball might hit the ground and, and kick half an inch to the right and end up in one of those bunkers or even was it on four uh no uh 13 where it looked like it was he was begging for it to hold its line and 80 percent of the balls you saw in that week kick left go into that bunker instead he's standing there with a par putt um time and time again forgetting the, the the birdie putt on 14 that he made and doing just about everything in terms of of the par putt that had to be i like caught myself many times thinking i could not believe what speed betters are going through right now this thing is getting like every time you think you don't just have your life again that you're gonna be potentially the favorite again in a moment morikawa pulled that freaking rug almost maybe in a speedian in a speedian way Maybe only me and Matt Kuchar were snickering seeing Spieth lose an open he might have deserved to win. I would even throw out that, I mean, Louis obviously got Andercursed. That that was just, poor Louis, that was the end of him. This is all gearing up for Louis to win the FedEx Cup playoffs without winning the event. <laughs> as the as UPS guy, I'm always rooting for him to go on a big run. Well, like he'll he'll end up somehow like first in the standings by coming in second in all of the FedEx Cup events, and then he'll get to East Lake with like the highest score possible. But he won't actually win the event, but he'll do enough to stay ahead, and then he'll go throughout the entire year without having won an actual tournament yet get cut a check for fifteen million bucks. That's that's how this plays out for Louis. Tim has already picked him to win the Masters next year too. So listen, Josh Perry tweeted last week, Pat as Louie was clearly doing it again, that some books still had 66s out there if you think he could do it again. What's funny is in my... Listen, I got blown out this week. We've already been through that. Like literally another bad just move I made was like, no, I was like, Louie, no, that roulette wheels just hit red like too many times. Like doesn't work like that. Like even the best players get got in a major occasionally. Apparently not. I feel bad for the people that tried to even bet the exact finish second place bet, you know, on, on Louie, maybe you just got to make it a, a top three thing, but my heart really does 
hurt for Louie, having no financial interest in any of it. I may have even woken up Sunday morning thinking, wouldn't it be great to see, like, yes, he's a major champion, but two would just change everything. And I hurt for the guy. Not that there's a reason to, but um, there's just such a gen pop. Like he's just a, in the worst way, he's like such a, a, like seen as a bit of a loser in the most unfair way, because people might watch four or five golf tournaments in a year and they always see this guy losing instead of the really good players that me and you like that never even get to that situation. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying, but my, I hurt for, I, my heart hurts for Louie man to kick that door so many times. It's, it's going to be, t- it's going to be tough for his legacy if he doesn't get another, because we'll remember being in the moment and having watched like 20 years from now, and we think about Louie and he's on like the champion store and he's still playing in the open because he has that one open when you're just like, Oh yeah. He's Louis captain won- of the president's cup. Yeah. Like Louis, Louis won a major. It's like he won that one major. We'll remember that he came second or third so many times, but people who just kind of like almost how I see, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like a type of player. It's like reverse Sergio because he got it early and then was disappointed as opposed to the other way where you're like, oh, no, Sergio's so cool now. Like he did it. Everything's fine. Everything's gravy. Louis is just feels a bit empty, right? It does. It's a lot like how we're going to feel about Rose the same way if he doesn't end up getting another one. But Rose has these weird accolades along the way that propel him up. Like he has a FedEx Cup victory. He won the Olympics. He has a gold medal. Like he has he has weird stuff to go along with it. And just the Ryder Cup like wins that Justin Rose has. And And a number one world ranking, which is special to have ever owned, period. Even if it was however long you might own. Um possess that but Louis a guy I always love I mean you can make the jokes about the smile what have you Pat but but as a guy that you know I'm betting this week in week out I don't understand how anyone could hate him because I does, just does anyone him. does anyone hate him yeah no I saw a lot of like anti Louis talk but the thing is Louis so great because the, the guys that I seem to have the most disdain for naturally Pat are the ones that like are really good but I lose a bet. I T2 to them keep on winning. You know, Louie's like, no, he's great. And he never roaches a bet. He didn't roach anyone's speed or more Kawa tickets. I know this major actually might have had more Louie tickets than like um, in the previous two, like pre-tournament outrights. I saw them on, a, on way more people's cards. I recall people were smart enough to think, no, this thing is going to con- continue. But now he's just priced with like super elites. But are not super elites, but that tier after who you might want to might want to make moves on. Uh, I'm excited. I I don't I don't know. I'm sad for Louis. I, I got a lot to say, but I guess that's about it on Louis. Well, the biggest thing too, like Morikawa did everything right. We said like he got the breaks, he made all the putts, he went out and won. And a lot of it just had to do with the the when I came on the Saturday evening show and I previewed the final round, I looked at the weather. I was like, this is Morikawa's to lose. Like, there's nothing that's going to be stopping him from dialing up the exact distance he needs on his irons. He's going to hit all the greens. So I have an important question. What? What? And is? I'm only cutting you off because it's really important to me. Okay. On, like, even as late as Wednesday afternoon, was this weather, like, uh, like there for us to see? Because I uh, maybe I'm the biggest idiot, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it that way. It like, did. Nothing I saw. No. no one told me that this thing was going to, like, I know it could change every 20 minutes, 
but there was no indication this was coming as late as like deep into Wednesday or did I miss it? It, it, it softened up about what the projections were for Saturday and Sunday, but I don't even normally look, I look ahead, but I don't really factor in it in at all. But no, it was dead on Sunday and it was dead most of Saturday too. So no, that was not in the forecast. when we looked on Wednesday evening, like when we looked Wednesday evening and I looked at Thursday, it was like, okay, the AM wave is going to play a little bit tougher than the PM wave. <laughs> it was like, all my guys are in the AM. Ah, I just hope to get lucky. And as it turned out, the AM wave, the AM PM played a lot easier than the PM AM. And that's not what the forecast forecast gave us anyway but looking at it on saturday evening it's like oh it's going to be dead tomorrow so give me the best ball striker hope he makes some putts and that's how it's going to go so hopefully some people got in on the two to one on that i just didn't think that louis i mean andrew curse aside he just didn't have it on sunday when we looked at it but the biggest thing to me was everything went perfectly for morikawa and he only won by two stuff went wrong for speed stuff went especially wrong wrong for rom over the course of every single round where he couldn't make an eight-foot putt. If he had just made 50% of his eight-foot putts, he would have won this by, like, five strokes. Rom's going back to putting, like... Because uh, remember before he got hot, like, before Memorial, we're like, Rom's not making those, like, momentum-keeping, momentum-saving putts. Like, he's so good at them. Like, he makes them everyone's F. Obviously, made them in the, you know, screwed at Memorial and then into the U.S. Open. And last week... Last week seemed like way worse, like really short putting. This week, it just seemed like he wasn't just making them to keep the runs going. It's just even on Sunday, it's a, let's cut to Rom, who has seven feet for birdie, miss. Here's <laughs> Rom. European here's, radio. Here's Rom for Eagle, miss. <laughs> and I guess it's totally understandable, Pat. Like the European radio was such a charm. Um, and they were like Rom obsessed. Like Rom was taking priority over Morikawa Louie like Spieth on Sunday. Like Rom, um, and it was, yeah, so they were like living and dying with with him, I guess, as as the crowds were obviously pri- trying to really get him going, get him going also. Yeah. I don't know, it, how many it, guys actually contended? Like I would five? say... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the hell happened to Brooks on Saturday, but I mean, he just shoot like a Dustin. Yeah, Dustin and Brooks just took themselves out of contention on Saturday and rebounded with a nice Sunday. I would say Spieth contended. Obviously, Morikawa, who won, contended. Louis contended. There was a moment Connors was kind of in play, and there was a moment Fratelli was kind of in play, but that was really it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I mean, everyone talks about Jordan kind of gagging it away on the 18th hole on Saturday. Those back-to-back bogeys were killer, but I would actually contend that the bogeys starting his round on Sunday were far more detrimental. He doesn't make those. He's in a playoff. (laughs) Like, that's how, like, we we can point to specific horrible holes and stupid mistakes Spieth made, and he still almost won. (laughs) Yeah, no, of course. Listen, as I said to Philip Rivers... Everything matters. Everything matters. All matters. Yeah, and listen, listen more. Cow- I don't like to follow Thursday because I'm a tweaker, and I'm like, that's just gonna come. That that right there is gonna be the reason I'm I'm short of it. Speed's Speed's contention though, Pat, in his post as to like what made him really angry. I don't know whether he made these comments Saturday or Sunday. I actually believe these were post round Sunday comments was that 
like for a player as accomplished as him, like he wanted in that final group, which I guess would have been against Louis potentially. So I guess who knows how it works out. But like his whole concept was like, no, the final group, I stare you down. Like, like sort of thing. So he, he was seemed most pissed that he lost like that aspect of it. Well, it's probably because he wants to be the best putter in his group. And then he got put on with preeminent putter, Corey Connors. So that just was really tough. For him. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I listen, that was an embarrassing putt and an embarrassing, I guess, like five minutes for the broadcast, but sort of like showing Louie's putt twice. It was a bad moment for Louie that day and the telecast, not only yesterday, Pat, and I want to cut them a little slack because we know they weren't really on site like they normally are. Why it was deplorable and the lack of like teamwork maybe in the NBC, like just they they all embarrass themselves. Um, so it is what it is. If you're carrying credit balance month after month, it can feel like you're in a never ending cycle of debt. Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows you're more than just a credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and your current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000, and you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash mayo. That's upstart.com slash mayo. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you, okay? Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash mayo. And it's usually so good because they do the right thing by owning Golf Channel. You see from first tee to final shot, like there's time for all of this stuff and you can cut around to as many players as you want. They had a really weird focus. It seemed like there was only four guys on the course on Sunday. And that's just what we have to expect from the major networks for the major championships now. Because that was the exact same thing at the PGA Championship. Even at the U.S. Open, when there was like legit 10 guys in the running to win, they focused on like three or four. Maybe they think it's too confusing for people to try to follow along. Because I remember Morikawa was in contention at the U.S. Open. And he mangled the same par five that Bryson did. And they just didn't show it. They got cut back. It's like, oh yeah, Morikawa just made double bogey. He's done now. It's like, okay all right that that would have been helpful to watch in real time i think uh and same as the bryson thing when he started melting down in exactly the same way but you hit on the the radio broadcast so if you because the app was a fucking disaster actually it wasn't a disaster it was good outside the fact that it didn't have shot tracker which is a pretty <laughs> essential part but like the layout of it was really cool i thought it was like really quick like if you wanted to watch videos and the broadcast they put on on the app the radio stream was the, and no no disrespect to the serious guys that do it every week, because I think they do a really good job. And they do a great job. That this open broadcast, like between keeping up with almost everybody and like the camaraderie all of the announcers had, like, I don't know who the female broadcaster was. It's like her 
joke the entire time was just like her crush on Marcel Seam the entire time. I thought that was great. The guy who, who yelled four on one of the shots on Morikawa's shot that almost went out of bounds but didn't go out of bounds. Then he saved himself and just made bogey. That was a huge turning point for him in the round. Then they just like ribbed him the entire next two days because he was the only one who yelled four and he yelled it into his microphone and you heard it on the broadcast. Like I thought they did such a good job. I was listening to that and just had the TV on mute the entire time. Like, I, I couldn't handle Azinger after some point. Like, get that fucking guy off TV. He's horrible. Those accents, they could say anything, and I think I would eat it up. Like, if Azinger had that accent, I don't think I'd be angry with him. I just don't. Here's like, my, I don't here's, know. But here's That's what I even do. Like, like, Pat, like, even how I know a lot of the networks where we live, like, they consciously just hire, like, English guys to do soccer because – just feels right it feels better i don't know it sounds right i don't know man just sounded so good are you talking about like when we used to watch soccer saturday presented by adidas with graham laggett on tsn when we were growing up yeah i guess so (laughs) just hearing the adidas i just really really shook me but I, i thought the radio broadcast over there was really good but i just don't understand how azinger can get away and no one, like, no one, I mean, Twitter cares, but no one cares about Twitter. It's a complete echo chamber, so no one's really paying attention to that. That he can just go on and say stuff that is objectively not true. Like, could you imagine, like, Chris Collinsworth saying stuff like that? Oh, uh, yeah, like, no, like, you know, exactly. like, you know, you know who has the best deep, I'll tell you something, you know who has the best deep ball in football? Tua. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't... It's yeah, I don't know. It's so insulting. And that's so when I alluded to teamwork, I'm like, I don't know what goes on there. I don't know how they can put on that broadcast as a team. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm dumbfounded by, by it. Like it was, it was as bad as it's ever been from a informate, like a, being spoken to by the commentators event. Like I've gotten on CBS and stuff for Pat, Pat, cause I want to see more shots, but like the stuff they're saying isn't moronic. They're just following the script from how they deem the coverage should be delivered to us. If that makes any sense. Like I'm not, they're not perfect. Dottie has said silly things about a guy's a good putter when he's not, but overall the information that that is coming out of their mouths is far more like accurate and reliable, even if you're angry at not seeing shots. I would agree. Yeah, I remember the the dotty thing with like Victor Hovland is a tremendous putter. All you need to say if the guy like is, I think a lot of what they're seeing is like, oh, he's putting well this week, and you can say that that could be very true. But to say, and it's they couldn't have picked a worse guy to say it about, like. If there's one thing anyone knows about Corey Connors, that he's absolutely shitty with his putter. That's his whole thing. Like Morikawa, also really shitty with his putter, having a great spike putting week. Like that's another point that we can kind of look at sometimes. And this is where I fell into the trap with Luke List, something I might be doing again at the 3M, was that like, oh, the, the week that he putts, he's going to be excellent. But... He never puts. And it's not like he has the, like, sometimes he does have, like, the really objectively bad ones. But at least when you go back and look at Morikawa, it's the spike stuff. Like, with Holmes, he's not just consistently losing two strokes putting every single week. Morikawa will lose, like, seven strokes putting. But then he'll gain six strokes putting. Like, Connors loses two every week. List loses three every week. Ben Ann loses two and a half. Keegan loses. And, like, the spike putting week for Keegan comes legit 
once every three years. So you have to hope you're on the bandwagon that happens and the irons actually come along. But there's a big difference between these guys who consistently lose, you know, a stroke, two strokes, three strokes every single week. Or you just go look at their game logs for the past 10 weeks and like, oh yeah, they, they never make putts. Versus someone like Morikawa, who's like two bad, two bad tournaments in a row, boom, he's like top 10 in putting. Like that's something to look out for, I think, when we're prognosticating as well. Absolutely. And I had this like deep inner thought to myself yesterday and just trying to figure out like, cause this whole like spike putting the spike stat conversation, as you said, there, a microscope came on it. And I'm like, it reminded me of so many times, Pat, when we would discuss elite player, Adam Scott, and we would be like, no man, just be like league, uh, weak average just be like 30th in the in the event in putting and we'll be just fine like you know that's what we're looking for uh when we would bet scott when he was sort of in his heyday at premium numbers you know or in the number range that we find morikawa at now but but scott didn't like do that right like he didn't spike it was just no sometimes we got like he was 20th in the field this week and that's all we needed um and obviously you feel that much more comfortable when thinking about from an outright perspective, the Morikawa type where sure, I lose lots of outright bets every week. Um, I'm just like banking on the goddamn ceiling, not like this week median or this, uh, you know, tour median week sort of. And I feel like that's how we would bet Scott, but with Morikawa, we're going to have this totally different approach of when, when you tout him, you're like capable of the spike putting. We know he's the best iron player in the world. What's the case? Yeah, and there's a few guys like that. Like, Finau has flashed that, although he's never won, but that's a lot of the source of his, like, high-end finishes the week that he gets it rolling a little bit. Like, Riviera this year, he just got caught by Homa. And then, like, Wolf is kind of like this. Bryson is almost the perfect example of this because he does so much right. The weeks that he's putting well, he wins. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's just... He's not... But his bad putting isn't like Morikawa's bad putting. So you don't consider, like, we, we, we acknowledge how great of a putter Bryson is. Like, forgetting the driving, forgetting all the jokes you want to make about Bryson. Statistically, he's a fantastic putter outside. Like, now that Jordan Spieth is back, um, Bryson is no longer, like, the best putter of the guys I deem as super elites. Although Bryson's its own, I guess, conversation uh, at the moment. Uh, but you know what else is funny, Pat? Last night, the people on the internets are already like, oh, we're, because uh, we're, they showed Masters odds or something. Yeah, it's it's Roman Speed. Like, Roman Speed through the co favorites at 10. Yeah, one. but even, oh my God, we got more account with this number. We're never going to get it again. No, nope. just wait. Guess what? Like, you might, because when Dustin, like, it happens every year. Like, when Dustin won the Masters in November, do you think people thought they could get him at a 25 to 1? to win the open championship this week, like ever again in the next three or four years, probably not. So everything just sort of, you know, comes around for different reasons, whether new flavors of the month or people not liking your form or course fit. I don't know. I think more cow will be disrespected again. And all it's going to take is Victor Hovland winning a silver medal and he'll be not, like just as good or worse than Victor again. Yeah, that's next week. I'm part of that problem sometimes. Yeah, listen, we we, we all are. We all have our guys that we glom onto, and that's who we want to have. Let's talk Bryson for a sec. 
Because I read a really interesting story and was talking to a few people on the grounds uh, who were working behind the scenes at the Open. Uh, so hopefully Shot Tracker is there next year because that was actually like a big sticking point with a lot of people who were working with both the broadcast and uh, with trying to present a lot of the information. But here was the one thing they told me about Bryson. I was like, what's the deal with Bryson? What's the deal with Bryson? Over there. And he's like, strangely enough, like the, the crabby, contentious personality that you see. And obviously the entire driver thing and the whole, you know, just what happened with that after he called out his driver instead of himself. That was stupid to do. And I think he acknowledged that it was stupid to do. But the way that he talks to the media, the way that he talks, like, you know, basically in press conferences is one type of Bryson. But everyone, like I talked to two or three people about it, that when he's walking the course, like he's one of the few people who interact with the fans. Fans really seem to like him when he's out on the course. Like he seems like a totally different person when he's interacting with the public versus interacting with the media. I believe that. Um, listen, in many ways, everything I feel about Bryson, um, I feel more emboldened in after like this week and those comments. Everything I feel about Brooks, I feel more emboldened in. And which is that it's a popular sentiment among a lot of us is that Bryson is lacks such a social awareness uh, a situational awareness with his words that he's capable of such a, a I don't want to say ridiculous. It might be true. It might be not true. Like I've never heard a golfer take on the manufacturer like that, like ever, even tigers out there playing with inferior golf balls, uh, you know, would never take a shot, you know, um, in his heyday. I, I think so that it, was crazy. Yeah, but, it, it's, but, but it, it, no, it's crazy because I think, I mean, Rory, is, it's crazy that we expect that they can't say that. Yeah. It's not only that. It's just most golfers, like when they do their post games and do everything and speak to the media, they're pulling their punches with everything because they've been through media training and Bryson should know better than to say things like that, but he's letting it rip anyway. Like, I think that there's something commendable about that. He's going to have to backtrack. Like, I don't think you'll see him make a stupid mistake by saying something like that again, but he got caught up. He was in the moment and he, he told you how he felt. And it's funny that as soon as people tell you how they really feel, people crush the people who say that. And all we want is candor from these guys. Like, oh no, what an idiot. I can't believe he said something stupid like that. And listen, it was super stupid. He's fucking talking about a sponsor. It'd be like, if I came on here and told you why DraftKings was the worst, which you're not going to catch me doing because DraftKings is the best. You should play on DraftKings. No, but if and you said DraftKings is the... Go ahead. Sorry, if you're like DraftKings is the worst, it's their fault. I rostered Hatton. Yeah. Like, what is the matter with DraftKings? Like, like, what do you mean? You hit the ball, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I think he just he was frustrated. I think he was just flustered by the round, and it was funny because I actually thought he battled quite well. Finally, got it a bit together in pretty easy conditions, but. The, you don't want to talk about the broadcast. They were openly rooting against Bryson on Thursday. It was it was weird to see. Like you just so like Faldo was just all over him. And I thought like he like he was in the shit on Thursday. He was everywhere on that course. He basically scrambled his way to a pretty good round. I agree. He had a nice battle back. He had a nice battle back, and then he gave some back. Um, my Twitter feed after Bryson's comments and subsequent follow-ups makes me just like Bryson more. The amount of people that like don't like him, everything he'll do, I'll enjoy now, sort of like, like you people have made it to like it's a Patrick Reed level. 
The more it bothers some, the more I think I'm going to enjoy what happens with it. Um, on the complete other end of the spectrum, almost to a fault, Brooks Kepka is so hyper um, socially aware and like the complete opposite of Bryson DeChambeau. Like, I think he has everything premeditated in many ways. Like, he can't wait. He's like, oh, that's a snappy zinger. I'm going to save that one for later. Hope I shoot a 65 today so I can tweet it. Like, he is ready. And, and his golf game backs it up. I'm not taking it. Like, unbelievable what he does. And I'm also dumb enough to believe he saw Bryson shoot that score Sunday morning and said, watch what I'm going to do. Like, emote, like, I don't know. He needs it. He needs it. So I don't know who's next. Like, I don't know which kid or who wants to, like, someone, because it looks like Bryson's totally waved a white flag on that battle. And I'm sure in no time, Brooks will be looking for some new raw meat to chew on on tour. It all just depends on how Bryson does, I think, because Brooks continuously, just no matter what the major is, whether he's in contention or not, just like top 10, top 10, top 10. All these big events, Brooks is a factor. Uh, one way or another by the time Sunday comes around. Like he even got his, he even got his featured time slot on Sunday at this broadcast. Cause he was the guy who went out early making the run. We, they did the big thing that I always like to see is like, Hey, let's pick a guy and stick with him, Especially if it's someone playing well and just go watch all these holes and how they're going to play out. I actually thought the broadcast Absolutely. did a really good job of doing that. But if Bryson comes out and wins like the second FedEx cup playoff events, like all of a sudden it's back up for Eastlake. I, I totally you, you agree. Look at, what, what are you looking at on your phone there? Pardon? What were you looking at on your phone? I'm just trying to see if uh, if a site put up numbers. You can, uh, wait, you can wait the 30 minutes. I trust you. The, the numbers aren't going to change. I just see Kazoo open. That's fine. We, you, we can do it after the show. We can talk through the odds, unless you got anything else to say about the Open Championship. Because I do have one more thing, not about the Open, but just in general. Uh, I got one more take okay. on like just a bigger picture. Like R Rory is at this point, Pat, where he's like talking himself in circles of like caring too much, not caring enough, trying to find the perfect care balance. Like I'm sometimes set, like hearing him talk, like we love how forthright and honest he is, which it's true. And sometimes we get some great stuff from him. Uh, even he said on the Olympics, I'm not a patriotic guy. Like other people are just like, I'm not going. No one's literally saying I'm not patriotic. Like, you know, so like he'll say anything. That being said, I have decided in my mind that winning major number five to Rory is as important to his soul as number one is to Xander for feeling complete. Um. I think he's, and he's at that point now, despite having the early success where um, we see a lot of great players who he, maybe whether they've won majors or haven't won majors, once they get into some level, significant major drought, whether it be by our expectations or their own, they start to like really pull this, like, um, like fuck this shit, like this, I don't care about this anymore attitude and see how it goes. And sometimes that pays off for guys. I mean, Sergio flipped majors the bird and pulled one home like a year and a half later or something. So we'll see. Let's take a break so I can welcome you to StockX, the only live marketplace for 
what's now, and next. Whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, trading cards, everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. Discover products that are on trend and ahead of the trends by shopping on StockX. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. Start shopping at StockX.com. I was scoping around on DealDash.com the other day because I've heard that people have saved big money there. And I tell you, what I saw, I almost couldn't believe. They had auctions on a crazy wide variety of quality products, and people were winning them at truly shocking prices. So here's the question. How much can you save at DealDash.com? Well, that's completely up to you. Some people save 80%. Some people save 90%. Some people save up to 99%. Really, the only way to find out how much you can save is to visit DealDash.com today and use promo code MAYO. That's DealDash.com, promo code M-A-Y-O, to see how much you can save. DealDash, where deals come true. Let's move on to the 3M Open. It's a barn burner event. It's a part of the shit swing on the PGA Tour. You said you had one more thing about the Open. It wasn't about the Open. It was about something else. Oh, okay. Sorry. Thank you. It's all right. I think I probably construed it that way. Either way, 3M Open, Minneapolis, TPC Twin Cities. I've been to this course. I was there two years ago, the year that Wolf eagled 18 to beat Bryson and Morikawa. We're going to look back at that and be like, man, that was a stacked field in Minneapolis. Uh, This year's field, not so stacked. Michael Thompson is the defending champion. It's a longer course, 7,431 yards to par 71. You can eagle all these par fives, the five hard holes on the course of the five long par fours. And Jeff, there is water everywhere here. So it's like an easy PGA national, if that's what you're looking for. Just avoid the blow-ups in the middle of the lake and you're going to shoot like 20 under. So approaches and putting are the two main things I'm looking at. The thing that I want to give a shout out to is I just came across this as we were talking, Jeff. Uh, Mike Miller from Smart Golf Bets, at Smart Golf Bets on Twitter, is calling it quits, retiring from the golf game. And I can recall for years, uh, especially before Fantasy National came out, like using Mike Sheets for recent form and just the tips for like what the course is going to play like and the history of the course was like an essential part of my research every single week. OG, man. Yeah, I've talked to Mike a a few times. He's moving back. He's moving from Africa back to New Zealand. So we wish him and his family. I know he has twins now, uh, a really safe journey. And uh, the impact that he had on both the DFS and gambling space can't be overstated. Like he's one of the guys. Here, here to all of that, like just hearing it kind of shakes me because yeah, he is like, I'm, maybe there are people that come before him, but like I would consider him the godfather of it. Like at least in for me, um, in my timeline, those sheets were incredible. They were life changing. They were they were injected into my veins, and not only that, Pat, they let me like show them to say Cam Stewart and he would like stop bothering me like with the most mundane questions and and other people like I showed anybody those sheets like look what this guy does um so full credit to him and the 
wheel in motion that I guess you, you even credit in some ways for Fantasy National, um, the germ of it, you know, as simple as sheets and finishing positions, both current form and event. Um, the germ of that turning into what you have taken it into. So amazing. And, and congrats and all the best to Mike, if he's catching this. Yeah. So hopefully Mike, you come back to the space at some point, once you get yourself settled back down and back in your homeland, back in New Zealand. So it's, it's great that you can travel back there again. So hope everything is well with you and the fam. Just want to give you a special shout out because you really did help both Jeff and I, and I know a lot of people in this space along the way, because I loved that site so much. What else do we got here? 3M open. Oh, uh, prize picks changed the rule, Jeff. Uh, and I think it's one of the softest markets in daily fantasy right now. So if you go to the description, you'll find our link uh, to prize picks for golf. Use code MMN and they'll give you up to a $100 deposit bonus. But they have finishing position now. And the big thing over there for ages was you had to take an over and had to take an under. And that wasn't always great uh, when you were putting stuff together. But now you don't have to. You can pick all overs, all unders. But they have finishing position. I think they're going to come out on like Tuesday evening. So I'd recommend everyone go do that. I've been playing it. I, I thought I was going to hit it this week. I did not uh but it's something that i really want to dig into because i think that if you have a lean on three or four players i think that's a perfect way especially in states like where you don't have access to DraftKings sportsbook to play you know a, like head-to-head parlays kind of thing is like essentially what it breaks down to so I, I think that would be the perfect way to go about it i love prize picks prize picks is a friend of mine but i totally mean in terms of all these other Side, like I think it is far and away the number one um, like DFS alternative game site out there. The multi-sport ability, uh, all the um, the uh, individual scoring, and now you're mentioning the finishing positions. Uh, I'm I'm a fan. I I support Prize Picks. Yes, and I, this is great. I like hearing this about the over unders as someone that had to come on every Wednesday night on his show and give a Thursday uh, power play on prize picks. And I hated having to like fade someone who I really didn't even want to. <laughs> yeah. So now with finishing position, it makes it a little bit easier. So once again, hit the description of uh, the video in pod uh, and you know, sign up under the MNN Mayo media network. So MMN uh, is the code to get a hundred percent or hundred up to a hundred dollar prize match on that. When you make your deposits So go do it, help out prize picks, help us out. Cause they're the brand new sponsor of fantasy football picks and bets on Mayo media network. Once again, if you want to get into that draw for the cash giveaways go leave a rating and review on apple podcast you can find that down there as well let's talk about the faves jeffrey you ready for this yeah let's do it dj fresh off his top 10 t8 at the open championship and a withdraw from this tournament a year ago then he went nuclear on the rest of the year is seven and a half to one on DraftKings sportsbook this week louis Louis is 12 to 1 to win this event. Finau is 14, who was in contention last year and got outdueled by Michael Thompson and Richie Warinsky on the final day. Patrick Reed is 16 to 1. Cameron Tringali is 25 to 1. And Bobby Mack, fresh off a of top 10 at the open as well, is skipping Wales and coming over here. He is 28 to 1. We've already seen Seamus Power, who won the Barbasol last week in a long playoff withdrawal. Brennan Grace is out. Jason Kokrak is out. Brian Harmon has already withdrawn. So expect, I mean, if Louis does, decides not to show up, I'm not going to be super stunned at the same time, or Dustin for that matter, because Dustin loves doing this, committing to these shitty fields and then pulling out on Wednesday. Yeah, did Dustin play like last year? Has he ever done this event before? Yeah, he played last year, shot an 80 in the first round and withdrew. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was all um, 
okay it's all coming back to me that was like shortly after his travelers win i want to say yeah he went travelers then he was like 80 80 at memorial then he was 80 here with drew then it was like 12th first 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 second first yeah. first the rest of the year um okay normally the week coming or the event coming out of majors pat like there are so many guys i want to cross off and this might be unfair who played the week before if i deem they even like in some way sniffed getting into it and you could remind me this year um like we've had big numbers out of the majors right i know sync was that fun trend popular one and i'm drawing a blank didn't uh, i feel like i hit one travelers who want harris english uh out of a major i want to say but outside of louis Ustazen, i don't think anyone contended and i don't this is probably a very unfair statement to make as a guy who like is happy to break a hundred <laughs> i don't think that course like was very demanding like i don't think these guys like had a normal grind that like i normally feel like a mental weekend exhaustion that open championships would put them through or us opens or in that next piggyback event. The only guy here to me, and would, that would be a total fade. Um, like right away is Louie. Cause he contended, he contended deep. He was in a mental ringer and it's obvious to say you'd rather bet Louie at like a full price at a full field than something like this with his win equity, at least I'm as crazy as, as that, um, I, 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 I think that everyone 30 to one and below is a cross off for me. None of these favorites are doing it for me. Not even in a field this week. This is just, a, it is a weirdly unpredictable tournament just because there's so much water in play. Remember we all loved EVR last year and he was like oh, buddy. 79 in the first round. <laughs> I, okay. Well, two things. I absolutely remember that. And his number this year might be three times what a lot of people were betting it at last year just some food for thought for later in the show. And I do agree with you. There is no one under 30 to one that I, I feel like I could bet on or would bet on. I was dumb enough to think like Fina at 14, like, Oh God, give your head a shake people. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, he, he could most definitely, I'm not saying these guys aren't going to win. Even Cam Tringali is like 25 to one. I'm not getting, I, know, I I'm just not, wanted I'm not, a I'm number, there. but they're, but they, these are not preparing to me. take, they're preparing to take Finau bets. I thought maybe they didn't want to take Finau bets this week. So maybe I could see something that flirted into like 20 or 22. That was silly thinking of me. That was like just wishful thinking of me. These guys can obviously win. And just to make it a Finau thing in a moment, it, it, Pat, these losses, I didn't even bet on him last year here. I don't even think I bet on him at the Air Max, the Amex last year. Those are the tournaments that crush my Finau soul like way more than losing Riviera in a playoff. Like, I can't explain it. When he can't close out like Michael Thompson, and even on Sunday morning, I'm like, if he wins this goddamn tournament, everyone's just going to say it's nothing. And if he loses to a jabroni, he's fucked. <laughs> Oh, so these are like the worst weeks, but please, God, Tony, if I'm not going to hit a bet, can you just win so I can, we can, we can all move on. Thankfully, going back to the open, has Scotty Scheffler supplanted um, that like Ricky Finau 
not not to say his future prospects of winning majors, but that like amazing each way guy now for for big events. Yeah, that's top twenty in the past five majors for Scotty Scheffler. So that's really the bet. But he gets the credit in the betting market going into these events. It's not like Scheffler's hanging out there at eighty to one. He's essentially priced right around fee now. That is a very true point. Um, so that was just my words. Like him not being able to close out Michael Thompson, who even won the MX that he didn't win last year. See, he was like right there. Siwoo won. No, that was it. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Siwoo played great. Yeah. See, Siwoo, Siwoo went out and beat him. It felt like Finau <laughs> gave this one away last year. I remember Michael Thompson shot downhill out of that bunker. And that essentially, he ended up winning by two at minus 19, but that really saved his entire round and ended up propelling him to the win. So I want nothing to do with any of these guys. We can talk about Bobby Mack. Uh, he's sort of like in that Higo spot right now where it feels like he's a bit overpriced, but even in terms of this field, like he's not like, he's a really good player. Obviously he has the top tens at majors this year. We like him. I bet on him to win the PGA championship. He's a great player that those odds are a bit too steep. I'm not going to get to it. If we move to the, but next I would group, say his odds put him where he should be. Like, he is probably the fifth or sixth best player in the field, and that's where he is on the odds board. Yeah, he should be ahead of Cameron Tringali. I'll tell you that much. I, I, I if I had to bet a winner, I, absolutely. Yeah. Although this could be such a Tringali event, but I've, I'm, I've never bet him. I don't think I'm starting here. I bet him at Valero, and he just broke my heart so badly when I thought that he was going to win. So probably off that. If he wants to go win at twenty-five to one, shout out to you, Cam. Go for it. 30 to 100 range. This is probably where I'm going to stick. I auto bet Matthew Wolf at 35 to 1. I just, I mean, Cust is using Bubba as his one and done. So realistically, here are the bets for me. Wolf was just a blind bet at 35. I like him here. Um, He's been hit or miss, obviously, since he's come back, but he didn't even play in the open, so we could like practice for this one. Uh, He's come, he's Why do I remember this being a first shot golf course, even though you. You didn't seem to indicate that. I don't know. I don't know why you just don't hit it in the water as a first shot. Maybe because Matthew Wolf want. I don't know. I don't know. It's like yeah. it was like Matthew Wolf versus Bryson. So I guess I just decided. Oh, you got a bomber, right? Is that and, what it was that year? And Morikawa. Morikawa tied with Bryce. Morikawa had a putt to get into the playoff as well. They all putted pretty well that year, though. Uh, but they, and they did what gain a, a bunch off the team. Opening tee. event for this tournament. Yeah, I seriously like when you look back, you're like that'll be one of the ones. I was there that year too, so I put the Pat Mayo good luck charm onto it. But the two first bets that I made, Johnny Vegas just rated out perfectly in everything. He's seventy to one. I bet it. I bet it hard, and I bet it with an each way to the top five. Uh, that's my pick, and he's going to be my one and done this week as well. Uh, he is playing. I really like that. He is. Playing... I really like that because I was looking at a site and trying to find your boy, uh, Doug Gim, but it was Johnny Vegas who did come across my mind. And as I did mention, like a first shot course and that Bryson Wolf thing, uh, when I was looking at Vegas, that was kind of on my mind. Um, so I'm very much in tune with Vegas and. He, he's coming off a really strong event where I didn't bet him, but I know a lot of people really liked him. Which which one was that? That was the John Deere. I don't I don't believe that he played last week at the Barbasol. He may have, but you know I didn't really look at that too hard. But the yeah, thing- I can absolutely um, I can absolutely get behind 
Johnny Vegas this week. So the one thing he didn't do well at John here was actually drive the ball. And he usually gains like between two and five strokes per event off the tee. So I'm not too worried about that. It's the irons that have been really good. So in four of his past five events, he's gained at least 2.1 strokes on approach um, at the Charles Schwab. He lost a 1.1 strokes. But other than that, five, three and a half, three and a half. Came 11th at the John Deere, second at the Palmetto. If he shows up with his putter, I think that he'll be good. And I've seen him win this type of event. In fact, we've both seen him win this this type of event in back-to-back years when he won at Glen Abbey. Like, this course is Glen Abbey, but with a bunch of water. I like that. That Okay. So, uh, I guess Glen Abbey, we've seen... Different types. Uh, reward all types of... Play. Like, you can bomb that place to... Sh- bomb and gouge it to death. But I've seen shot makers take Glen Abbey apart, too. Like, Snedeker's pitched and putted his place like crush that place yeah too, right? yeah it's one of those courses where if you have like if you're a bomber and you have the driver working like all three of these par fives you can make eagle on and you'll just pie and same as guan abbey where they have the four par fives where you can make eagle on every single one of them that it gives a advantage to a bomber who's actually not getting himself into trouble but you do have this i remember when hearn made the big run at the canadian open at guan abbey i think weir did it one year like you don't charlie need- hoffman yeah chuck hoffman did it the same way and it was just like oh i'm gonna hit my iron and make all my putts like that's also like that's what michael thompson did last year so there's also that out for players in this because it's a pretty easy course to begin with but if you can have the extra distance and put yourself into easy eagle range which you can do on a lot of these holes if he has his irons working i i, I just think that like when i did ran the model on fantasy national depending on like the time frame if i did it super short term he's number one i did it a bit longer he's number five and two of the guys that were ahead of him have withdrawn from this field it just seemed like his odds were too long yeah, I totally get that. Uh, the guy that I am going to be betting, Pat, is someone you alluded to already in the show, and that is Luke List. What a horrific Sunday at the Barbasol. I didn't even know it was possible to score like that um, on that golf course. Somehow Luke List managed to do it. <laughs> but I'm going to take it from the other way and say that Luke List is, is putting really nice form together i've always seen him as a bit of a form player and you even alluded to this having honda classic pga national comps which uh, we've seen him losing a playoff uh to justin thomas so the course setup i feel is very comfortable for luke list and i mean yeah i, I guess take me to that tea time you had yesterday but actually don't do what you did yesterday which yeah is great. But- Back-to-back top tens for Luke List. No shocker, I am also betting Luke List. <laughs> I, I did take, I didn't, I passed on the better number to take the uh, 55 Fair. to one, 55 to one each way with that top five because, you know, it's Luke List. He still has to make putts, which I do not expect him to do, but I do think that he can put himself in contention. He's a high eagle rate type of player and he's playing a lot better golf right now. So List, Wolf, Vegas, the only other one that I hit, and I hit him before his odds dropped. I got him at 50 to one with the each way is I'm just going back to Hank Leviota. Just, you know, Seamus Power just win. We you could telegraph his victory from a mile away. We've seen a few of these guys now. And if there's someone who's actually going to do that, List and Leviota are the two that would pop off the charts for me in terms of recent form. I mean, you are absolutely right that if Hank Leviota wins and like people who do this week in week out don't bet them you're gonna feel really dumb because all the indicators seem to be right there 
Yeah, the the only um, the only thing about him is that his price sucks. Like I've seen him down to forty to one in some spots on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Libiota is. I think he has a far more fair number on DraftKings Sportsbook. Might even be. Let's see. He's been at the finish line of back to back events. I don't know if he played the Barbasol, but he uh, took that event. He was he's sixty to one at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. He was. Um, he was at the finish line of um, Rocket Mortgage. Of both John Deere and what? What else was it? And Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, even turning around that great performance at the um, Rocket Mortgage into another incredibly strong week. So yeah, I guess you could say that does feel telegraphed, and we've seen that happen a couple of times this year. Um, like maybe Sam Burns comes to mind. Yeah, Sam Burns um, kind of missed his window a little bit with it, and then he won later on in the year. <laughs> but the past three events for Libiota, fifth at the Travelers, fourth at Rocket Mortgage, eighth at John Deere. Like, I, I agree the number sucks because we're used to seeing him at 300 to one. But, but what a, would you have? What's that? I'm sorry. I'm getting that bad habit. But what was his number at John Deere? Like, I'm where were we going from that number to this one? I think he was like 90 or 80 or something. Okay, yeah, that's um, not ideal, but I don't know if it's be hard to get off the wagon if you've been ride it, riding it, but I haven't, and I'm con- even considering stepping on uh, to that train. He has a top 35 finish at this event both years that it's been played, and he was third in strokes gained approach last year, just couldn't make any putts, and he's been gaining. I mean, if his putter goes away, he's screwed, but he's gaining like an average of like four and a half strokes per event uh, over the past two months. So he's got the hot putter already working. He's coming back to a course where he's hit his irons really, really well in the past. Just don't hit any into the water, Hank, and we're good to go. And he played Honda Nat or PGA National really well this year too. So all the corollaries kind of line up for me. He's in good recent form. I said it on the preview show when I was researching him. It's like, they're probably going to stick us with a 35 to one on him, knowing how shitty this field is. But I saw a 50, so I hit it. DraftKings is still posting a 60. I think that's good. So that leaves me with Wolf, List, Vegas, Libiota, and I bet Doug Gim because I'm me and I got him at 60 to 1. Uh, yeah, I knew you'd be betting Doug Gim this week. I'm going to throw a couple at you. Well, we'll get it out of the way. Ricky. I don't know. I, there's a 50 to 1. I don't think I could resist that. I just bet him to win the Open. Yeah, well, that was a bad bet. Um, also... It was a bad bet, but I don't think people were like, even you were like the 80 to one wasn't like a horrible number. I feel like that's a, like a direct quote for me. That's a bad number. No, I don't think you said that last week, to be honest, you weren't like betting it, but you're like, yeah, I don't like hate it. I think was sort of where you were on it. And, um, I don't know. Prince of Palm beach on a Palm on the, on the Honda national comp course, as you put it. So 50 to one would be really tempting for me. How gone is Gary Woodland's golf game? Right I was going to say, I, th- not- I think I would rather take my shot on Woodland over Ricky in this spot. I- I'm not on either of them. Uh, like I wanted to bet Schwartzel, but he's 55 to one. I thought he'd be like 150 to one. So I can't get there with oh him. My God. Uh, Last year we didn't, we catch yeah. him at like a huge yeah. live number yeah, here using that like ridiculous putter. Yeah. In that straw hat. Tim's favorite hat. I'm, like the one guy who's actually like getting disrespected in the odds this week, I think, is Lucas Herbert at fifty to one. He just missed the cut at the open. Like that's a big ass, but a win, 
and a top 10 on the other two stops on the European tour and playing good golf coming into it back-to-back top 20s on the PGA tour before that like that actually seems like a number that like if I was just betting value in this field it would be him and the one guy I might talk myself into by the end of the week because we glossed over like gr- you, can, you can guess who it is um I feel like you were already saying a name. I was going to guess Chris Kirk, and that didn't sound like the name that was coming out of your mouth. I think Kirk is wildly underpriced, depending on where you see him at, because I've seen him as low as 80. I think that's a pretty good number. The the answer to me is someone I might just blindly bet. Like, I blindly bet Wolf, a guy who's in really good form right now, overall ball striking-wise. A lot like Bubba. Bubba is actually in really good form. I just don't know how the hell he's going to play this course. Um, It could be great. It could be just horrendous. Is Sergio. Sergio feels like he'd be really good at this course. Sergio was the shortest guy I was considering. I know you had bet Wolf. Uh, I think Wolf will be pretty popular this week. This does seem like the type of place where Sergio will, um, you know, the, 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 yeah, I could see that. Sergio, to be honest, under 40 to one is probably my favorite actual bet that's available out there. So I can't say anything bad about that. Great. So should I go? I like betting really. And I have a habit like uh, of not being able to resist like betting certain parts of the board. That being said, Pat, last week and not only getting slaughtered and there was no path to me having a bet on Morikawa. I did not have a bet on anybody under 39 to one. Um, which was really weird for me in a major. I've never done that. Um, obviously I got blitzed. And if you look at how it all played out, um, all those great players were there, um, you know, with Spieth, Brooks, DJ, just in terms of the finishing position numbers, I know contending different, different, um, story. So yeah, I don't know. And I'm going to avoid the top of the board. So geez. It's hard for me to not bet like the good players because I always like to pick um call my call my shot, so to say, on the really good players in the field, but I am not there. Well, unless you want to sell Chris me Kirk, though, I, I think I will be there on. Okay. If you do you want to sell me on anyone a hundred and above? Because like by the numbers, no one stuck out to me. Bramlett's playing pretty well, Patrick Rogers. Chez Reeve, like those are the type of guys we might, I might make this just like an old school six pack of picks. If I just add Sergio, go Sergio, Wolf, List, Vegas, Gim, and Lebiota, and just call it a week. Um, any like any thoughts to go to EVR or that? Like, why do we even do that last year? He was playing good golf coming in, and then he had, like, the hometown narrative. I think it was a lot to do with his lead-in form, that he was playing really well before the event. We were like, oh, this works out perfectly for him. Um, he screwed over my to-make-the-cut parlay at the Open. He had a great round one, and then that was the end of old EVR. Where was he last year? Yeah, like, last year, coming out, he was miscut 21st, miscut 21st. But at Memorial the week before this... Um, he lost three, he was 22nd, but he was like third in the field in strokes gained approach. We were like, okay, here we go. It's EVR time. And he was just a fucking shit show at this tournament. Okay. I could potentially name you some horrible golfers. Do it. So. Na- are you going to be betting any of them? Cause I honestly looked at this list and I was like, nope, not doing it. I'm going to, be- I-, I just, unless you can sell me on someone in the next 30 seconds, I'm betting Sergio at 34 to one. 
Um, just quickly, didn't we see like life from Cameron Champ recently at a course that like is cr- like we had a, two guys in Bryson and Wolf at the finish line? It was that Rocket Mortgage, I think, or was it John Deere? John Deere? Yeah, it was John Deere. He came eleventh. Um, so he's one hundred twenty-five to one. I'm just pulling at things that you've kind of set, like Keith Mitchell, one sixty. Yeah, I, that's a real PGA National string. Yeah, that's that one makes sense to me. Um, I feel like okay, this one might be really crazy, but Ann or KH Lee, like Ann's gone to the finish line at Glen Abbey losing to DJ. I want to say, I mean, Ann for a win just seems such a big ask. Yeah, but but and there KH, was but, but, but there was a point in time when Ben Ann was like a good player. He is not. Yeah, a he good won player. like the European players yeah. too, right? Like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, KH Lee, baby swag, just had a child. Uh, beats up on these TPC courses pretty well. KH Lee, I can see. What's he at? Like and this one is really embarrassing to mention. Chesson Hadley, like over 200. That seems large, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of been giving himself chances to kick down a door in bad events. I, so that, that seems large, yeah. Yeah. Maybe KH Lee. KH Lee is where I would probably call the cutoff. Like, I don't know if I really want to be betting McCumber or, you know, the regular guys that I end up. John. Yeah, you'd probably just rather swallow the shorter Libiota number and leave these guys alone, right? Like, yeah, in terms ma- of your money, probably. I, I Maybe the Vince Whaley run is over. John Pack, maybe I should go back to him. Is Davis Thompson playing? Like, those would be the guys I would have interest in. I do like the Keith Mitchell corollary, though. That's not a terrible idea. I think I. I could talk myself into that. When I release the cheat sheet on Wednesday, maybe I'll have some of these guys on it. But uh, in the meantime, I'm betting Sergio at 33 to one. So Sergio and Wolf will be, will be the top of my card. There's just like pure winner in, on, the, on the corn fair, right? This Mito is back. I'm sure people are going to be excited to roster him again. I'm sure they are. Good luck with it. <laughs> I, I got really nothing on him. <laughs> Do you? I got nothing. I, I got, I've honestly got nothing either. Quickly, who did Matt Jones like beat? Was it Hagee or Hoagie or Hogue? Was you, it one of those guys? You, who did Matt Jones beat at the Honda this year? He beat Hagee. But um, ha- Hagee was a part of like the, he, he made a run towards it on Sunday. He had like the good Sunday of all those guys. Because I believe Matt Jones was paying with like JB Holmes who like imploded. That all sounds about about right, Pat. Yeah, second oh. second at the Honda, Denny McCarthy. Did you say Ru- anything about Grillo? No, I said I'm not going to bet Grillo at thirty three to one. <laughs> Are you? No, but what's his back to back T twelves at the Open? Um, I guess that's nice for him. And I think just, I think that we've seen a certain sort of player. It's funny that Webb doesn't play better over there, but Morikawa is like the advanced version of this player. We've seen Stenson. Like I said, he's Stenson. He's the better version of Stenson. Stenson has the exact same type of game where you worry about his putting and chipping, but at the open, it doesn't really seem to matter. Keimer had such a good run throughout the years there. He's a similar type of player. I would say that Connors is a similar type of player. Grio is a sim- similar type of player. Scott. The, Scott, yeah, but Scott had more upside. He has like more yeah, ceil- type sure, yeah. Now we're in a different ceiling category. Yeah, but but like that type yeah, of yeah. shorter hitter who hits all the fairways, really good with their irons, kind of struggles around the green, not on the green. 
Uh, and, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe Webb Simpson finished 15th and hit the least amount of fairways in the week. Uh, I don't know what he finished. Did he finish 15th? Really? I don't see where that would be a lie. Yeah. Webson, uh, he came 19th. So he finished a shot off of where T cause I think he bogeyed the final hole, but there was a, like after his like good day one, I remember he was on TV a bunch day two. And I think he hit his first five tee shots into the shit and somehow made par. It was like Cameron Smith. When he started his round, he was just all over the place, but kept scrambling for par every single time. He had a bad Sunday. I didn't even notice. Didn't he was, notice. where's old, old Kamantha? Where's he at? Cam Tringali. Uh, uh, Smith rallied back. He birdied the final two holes, but he was six over at one point. Yeah, he birdied 17 and 18 to get it back to four over for the day, but he shot plus four overall on a pretty easy day out there. Um, So I can give you my quick picks. I know you just ran off yours. All right, yeah, well, let's do the quick picks for the 3M in case someone time-coded themselves right to this part. Wolf and Sergio, 35 and 34 to 1 for me. Luke List, 55 to 1 with the each way. Hank Lebiota, 50 to 1 with the each way. Vegas, 70 to 1 with the each way. Gim Reaper, 66 to 1 with the each way. That's where I'm going. That's my six-pack. Um, for me, I am. I can't resist not betting someone under 40 to 1, so I'm going to step with you, and I'm going to make the move on Sergio uh garcia whatever the best number i can find when we are done here i have bet luke list 66 to 1 i'm obviously ignoring the potential of taking the each way uh because i'm probably dumb uh ricky fowler 50 to 1 johnny vegas 70 to 1 i actually might have even betted at 79 to 1 already in uh at oh, a nice. place for us Nice. Um, but that wouldn't include an each way. And I'm looking at Chris Kirk, but I'll probably I'll probably baby out on I'll probably chicken out on betting him and I'll probably do something else with uh with Chris Kirk. Okay. And we'll I'll see if I add any bombs to the list, but I kind of want to take a step back uh this week and just kind of count my count my Hughes money and be grateful for that. And then we'll come back and we'll talk Olympics next week. As a reminder, the DraftKings show is going to be on Wednesday. Guess what I have on Thursday, Jeff, on the show? Football? No, it's not football. Cam. It's not Cam, but now you're you're in the you're in the right territory now. I don't know. Gabe, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. So let's go. I, Pat Mayo. Anything, or you're just going to like debrief, like, what's up? Nah, man. Olympics betting. <laughs> oh, yes. Tim likes to think he's an aficionado, but Morenci's like truly like degenerating all of this stuff. So that that is great. I just have one comment on the Olympics golf. Every like people have already shown me like so many Siwoo and M tickets. Oh, I'm betting Siwoo. But how do I put this? Like, yes, you've got to bet them, but to them, finishing third will be as equal to finishing first. So they could like maybe I know like I'm overthinking it, but I'm worried that they like literally protect their positions coming home instead of playing for a gold medal. Oh, and, so like risk unmeddling so they pull a polter from the players the year that siwoo won when he's like you know what a million four for second place is good enough for me exactly (laughs) no like literally um in terms of that and 
it would just be so fitting if Xander won so we would get to come on the next day and debate like what it's worth. I still say WGC China, which I believe Xander already has. Yeah, so he, he would have two. I, it's funny because that one is like the least of the WGCs. Like when I like if we but you have a good enough of a front end field and so many names glad handed from some world tours everywhere. Oh yeah, when we do when we break this down on next Monday's show, it's going to be kind of fun to talk about because I remember CT Pan was like just a guy last time from Chinese Taipei, and I think we we hit him top <laughs> twenty or something like that. Uh, but no, Gabe's on the show to break down the Olympic betting, and you better believe Tim's on the show too. I love mail media. Like that is what you've got your own network. That's how you do it. Those two Olympic yeah. preview. We have to come up with a good show for Thursday. That is a good show for Thursday. I have football tomorrow. DraftKings picks on Wednesday. Rate and review the new football pod to get in those cash giveaways. And let's recap the one and done. I am taking Johnny Vegas. Cust is taking Bubba Watson. Who are you taking in the one and done this week? I- I got to, I guess, take Sergio, assuming I haven't used them, but have you I don't used think them? I have. Let's, so just write look. me in for Sergio. Sergio, 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 Sergio. No Sergio for you. So yeah, you're in on Sergio. I'll be rooting for you this week. Actually, I'll be rooting for Vegas. Poor, uh, poor Guido couldn't do it for Cust as his one and done last week. Dustin put you in a nice showing, but I, I, I saved Spieth for the right time. My finally good one and done pick of the year. Yeah, great, great call. Great call. Yeah, it would have been greater if he had just made a few more putts. I, I was right on strokes gain Magic Beans, though. The Magic Beans guys came out to play. <laughs> okay, yes, but you got got by the most opposite. Like, the guy that won is the least Magic Beans player on the planet. Agreed, but he had the Magic Beans putter going because he never puts that way. <laughs> That is true, and I even joked, Pat, that there's a kid who hasn't even committed to the University of Texas yet. I'll be betting him at 2032 Royal St. <laughs> George. It's not a bad strategy to go with. Jeff Feinberg, you can watch the Jeff Feinberg Show on ftndaily.com on Wednesdays and Fridays. Jeff and I will be back on Thursday on the new football show. So yeah, tune into the new football show that's going fantasy football picks and bets. Rate, review it. You can find that link down in the description right now and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast after subscribing. Something you enjoy about the show and uh, your Twitter handle or email and you're in that draw for the cash giveaways. It'll be me and Feinberg. Then I'll be talking to Pete Overzet as well. The show is stacked. So get in on it now. All right. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. Smash the like and I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!